Hello, my name is Josh. And I'm Anna. Welcome to your conversation with two geeks, the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today, we're going to be talking about everything from the first trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings to the season finale and the Fal- of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and much more. But before we get started on that, you can find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are listed to. You can also find us on our socials on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as on our Anger homepage. And if you like this, make sure you share it and stuff. And yeah. Anna, how are you today? I'm doing really good. I don't know if your listeners have noticed that I am not Jamie. I am, in fact, Anna, the <laughs> occasional guest on your podcast. So mm-hmm. hi, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, well, yeah. Um, Jamie, unfortunately, is not going to be with us today, but she will be back for the next episode. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, shall we get started? Let's do this. All right. So on our first topic today, we have... The first teaser trailer for uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, directed by Dustin Daniel Critton, who did Short Term 12 with Brie Larson and 2019's Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan. and starring Shimmy Lee as the titular character. The film synopsis reads, Shang-Chi uh, must confront the past he thought he left behind when he is drawn into the web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. The film also stars legendary... Hong Kong cinema actor Tony Leon as Wenwu, aka the Mandarin, who in this iteration will be Ching Chi's father, and Aquafina as uh, Ching Chi's uh, friend Kath, uh, Katie, uh, with me uh, Michelle Yeon, Ronnie Chen, Fali Chen, and Creed's two's Florin Montiu. Rounding out the cast, Ching Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is currently slated to be released on September third, twenty twenty one. Anna, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Um, I am a treat. I don't know enough about this it's marble i don't know enough about it really um i thought the 10 rings was something that something that iron man uh got close to when he was dealing with the mandarin Mm -hmm. so um i am kind of confused um i have my reservations as i do about most of these marvel shows so I think I will have to rewatch the trailer and obviously give the show a chance before really coming up on the side of whether I'm going to watch it or not. So, um, like a hundred percent. So this is slightly for theaters, but um, I know you're excited. So I, yeah. Um, so the thing is with this, um, so this is the real Mandarin. Yes, Iron Man had dealt with this. this is mostly an Iron Man villain for for crying out loud. But yeah, no, this is this is the real Mandarin. <laughs> And this is the real Ten Rings, not the I fake knew, Ben King. <laughs> I, I knew that Ben King was not the real Mandarin. So I was aware of that when I saw that, you know, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this. Um I just I, I've probably seen, I've seen this trade like half a dozen times. Again, I don't know much about this character either. The only really big thing I know is just like he's um, he's mostly a martial a major martial artist. He's trained with the Avengers. He trained Spider Man at one point, so that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, That's no, dope. Okay. Yeah. Also, this was filmed in um, and not to say that we live near, well, we somewhat live nearby here, but because we mostly live in California. But this was filmed part of this was filmed in San Francisco, which made me very happy also i know three people who've worked on this movie and i'm jealous of them right now you know that's it's close enough to where i'm at so jared ellie's care i was like yeah (laughs) i i was i was gleefully laughing at myself but yeah no i i've been trying to do as much research as i can but this is like one of those like obscure obscure characters like there's obscure where like some people know about it but he's not like in the mainstream and then they're like really obscure and this is one of those really obscure characters so interesting it's it's interesting that they decide to bring such an obscure character to the foresight Mm -hmm. considering most of the other films have been about pretty pretty dominant characters Mm -hmm. um i have to wonder if this was a part of just like a, a movement to bring more racially diverse cast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not that that's a bad thing, just that if that was their initial underlying motives, like that's kind of sucky. But if they really, I, they really want to tell the story of the Mandarin and the Ten Rings and all that, like, I then that's cool. I too. remember a little while. I mean, ago. yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but 
I remember, and as soon as you mentioned that, I remember that, uh, so when Marvel first was being developed, or rather when Marvel Studios was just being formed and stuff, they had a deal with a bank, I think it was uh, was Merrill Lynch at the time, Merrill Lynch, and I think a part of the deal, they got the rights to like 10 characters, 10 obscure characters, I think uh, Song-Chi, or, okay, side note. I believe, I know everyone's been pronouncing it as Shang-Chi, but it's actually really Shang-Chi. And um, the reason I know that is because there was an EW article that kind of explained that. But he, um, but I remember that that character, Shang-Chi, was part of um, that package, was part of that 10 movie package. And I think also that included like Cloak and Dagger, um, uh, Kazar and the Savage Land stuff, but yeah, no, um, I don't know. It's inter- it's interesting. Um, I definitely do think that there is there's definitely a market for this, but I yeah, no, it is interesting. You kind of point that out. I also would like to point out that when I said it was sucky, if it was a racially diverse based operation, that it's not sucky that they want to bring in a racially diverse cast. It's just sucky that like if that's what their main motivation is. Oh, why didn't they do it sooner? <laughs> I mean, we also have to kind of acknowledge that we that for a very that for a very long time we were living under the um, I Perlmutter, um, the Marvel boogeyman I Perlmutter, who is famous for not wanting uh, blacker female-led characters. <sighs> shame, shame, shame. Yeah, but he was able. But Feige was able to wrestle the reins from him, and then ultimately was able to get control back. So, yay. I mean, I there, there's the saying, better late than never. Anyways, moving on to our next topic, an exclusive from TH, and also this may, I will also say, especially with this topic, this may include spoilers for Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I'm not 100% sure on that. An exclusive THR reports that Malcolm Spellman, the head writer and show creator behind Disney Plus's Marvel's The Falcon and Winter Soldier, is developing a fourth installment of the Captain America film franchise for Marvel Studios. Uh, the feature is likely to continue the story of Sam Wilson, played by Anthony Mackie, and the current wielder of the shield. Spellman will co- write the script with Dallin uh, Muson, a staff writer on Falcon and Winter Soldier, and who also wrote the episode episode five. Uh, no director has been attached yet. So this news came literally 24 hours ago, and I immediately had to put it in here because, um, uh, again, uh, we'll, we'll get into our, we'll get into Falcon and Winter Soldier later, but I just... <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I expected uh, Nick next gen um captain america to happen anyways because of the way um the avengers mm-hmm. main character storyline ended mm-hmm. um how that just kind of was like you're now worthy of my shield take it um you know so it just seems like it is a logical next step so when they announced a tv show instead i was like well i hope the actors don't feel like that's a step down from getting their own movie. Mm-hmm. However, this announcement coming 24 hours after the finale mm-hmm. of the show also makes sense. Like you could look at it either way. Like, yeah. I guess I expected a movie, but when they went the TV show route, uh, you know, that's cool too. And mm-hmm. now they're talking about another movie. So, Hey, yeah, why not? Yeah. And plus it's like, it, especially getting the um you know the create uh, the uh, creator as well as a head writer on the show um and then now having him and another writer who probably didn't like one of the best episodes of the show do the do this movie it's it's awesome and i just i i cannot get enough i just yeah i'm, I'm all in for this um bring it on although this does raise the question whether or not there's going to be a season two of fucking the winter soldier the actual show but i imagine that they, they probably looked at the benefits and costs and i think they probably may have gone more with the movie but i don't know well this is this is interesting to be fair i mean also with a bunch of the avenger and this and the the avenger films and the uh, individual films in between like they managed to intersperse a lot of those storylines into agents of shield and still managed to keep that show going for so long. So mm-hmm. it's possible that they could do the one season and then the movie. And then if they decide they have enough content to continue, they could continue with the show probably. Or do another movie. <laughs> you, 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 you raise a good you you raise a you raise up a good point about that, especially 
yeah especially with like some of these being movies and then some of these being shows and yeah no, i know i didn't think about that way but you raised up a good point especially with Agents of shield but no i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see anyways moving on to our next topic according to both thr and variety actresses olivia coleman and amelia clark are in talks and final negotiations respectively to join marvel studios next series secret invasion which will have samuel jackson and ben mendelson reprise their role as nick furious and talus respectively while plot details while plot details as well as who the actresses will be playing are under wraps the series is set to follow a group of shape-shifting aliens who have been infiltrating earth for years with the 2005 comic book storyline of the same name by brian michael bennett being the basis for the show so Amelia Clark and olivia coleman i wow okay i'm not gonna lie at this point like half of Hollywood, or at least a good, like, 25 to 50% of Hollywood is going to wind up being in the MCU, and I'm just... (laughs) Well, you know, it kind of reminds me about half of, like, you know, all English actors or Scottish or um, Scottish, English, and uh, Irish actors end up in the Harry Potter films. (laughs) Like, you know, showing up in a a Marvel MCU... um, type situation would not be so bad yeah yeah most definitely i just yeah no i as soon as i heard this news i was like well okay yeah all right let, let's let's do this also i'm just also now dan um emilia clark who played danny on game of thrones will now have been in both the star wars universe and in the marvel universe and I'm... that's because she's a super nerd i'm sure after this point i can believe it mm. like a hundred percent yeah also this kind of low-key um maybe and this is kind of because of uh chloe's as internals which is coming up in i think no in november which is going to have both richard madison madison and kit harrington and i don't know if they're gonna and just i just we're gonna have a game somebody over at marvel really likes game of thrones at some point we all know their paths are probably gonna cross Mm -hmm. again I mean, they employed so many actors for Game of Thrones, um, whether it was for the entire series or just one episode. Like they, they have, like <laughs> they had all. Just all, they had them all. Let's pretend they had them all. So, it'll it's not unheard of, especially for the younger cast to uh, intertwine themselves again in other areas of movies or tv or whatever yeah yeah i yeah i know definitely yeah anyways moving on for our next topic exclusive from deadline reports that the current war and the giver scribe michael mitnick has been set to write the jim henson biopic muppet man for disney and the jim henson company with lisa henson set to produce the film the live action film which with the original script for the film being written by australian writer christopher weeks uh, will chart the life and times of the legendary puppeteer, creator of the Muppets, Fraggle Rock, Sesame Street, as well as the director of cult films such as Labyrinth and The Dark Crystal, with the plot of the film honing in on Henson's journey to convince broadcasters that the Muppets was a great idea and how he worked to get those characters on the air when, where they became a comedy staple. According to the article, the biopic has been... It, it, has been long in development for more than a decade with the Jim Henson company sapping up Weeks' blacklist topping script about the puppeteer back in 2009. There was even a director attached, Michael Gracie, who has since left the project. Disney, who has owned the rights to the Muppets since 2004, has reportedly had discussions with the Henson company about a biopic back in 2010, but nothing ever came about it. So what are your thoughts on this, Anna? Because I this is interesting. <laughs> All right, so a couple thoughts come to mind. One, um, the Muppets have um, the Muppets exclusively, not anything else Jim Henson has done, but the Muppets exclusively have been the only type of puppets that have never freaked me out. Second, um, I think it would be a wonderful idea to see more about how his creative side, like, what drove him to puppets? Why? <laughs> Why did he go to a slightly satirical route when it came to these the Muppets? Um, and I, I don't personally for me, it's probably not something that I would see. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that 
a lot of people are fascinated with Jim Henson and his life and his career. So I think it would be good. Um, the fact that it didn't come out 10, 12, 11 years ago, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what year it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> so um, if it came out, like if it had come out 10 years ago, I think it would have done well. If it comes out in a couple years from now, I think it'll do well too. It's just one of those, uh, he's just one of those people that other people will always be interested in. Yeah. I'm I'm very intrigued by this. There was a um, I think his name, the YouTuber's name is Defunctland. I actually recommend you all check out his channel. Um, he did a whole set of videos detailing the life of Jim Henson, and his life was very interesting. And like when you look at like, and you can even go back and like look at like some of the old like Muppet clips and stuff, and they were dark, like they were satirically darker. Like he had kind of a weird, uh, like very morbid sense of humor, which, to be on, to be honest, you can kind of see in like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. I mean, some of those. I mean, Jesus Christ, some of those. That's some of that stuff can get like weird and uh, just yeah. Again, yeah. that's why I think it, that's why I think it's going to do well, no matter when, where, or how it comes out. I mean, as long as I guess as long as they are honest about Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. like it's gonna it's gonna go well either way you have to I, I believe you have to have a, a strange sense of creativity to get involved with any kind of puppetry no matter what you do mm-hmm. and then to create a show and movies with some of these dark storylines um mm-hmm. you kind of just like wonder like where the heck did that come from yeah yeah most like, definitely um, to quote oh, a wonderful Cordelia Chase, what mm-hmm. is your childhood trauma <laughs> to make you <laughs> to get you involved in that? Like, <laughs> just. I mean, yeah, no, you're you're not. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Not to make light of childhood traumas. It's just. Oh yeah, yeah, know. no, 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 no. It's just, yeah, it's just. Yeah, no, I, I was Cordelia Chase said it very well. Yes, yes, and I'll yes, most most definitely. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. According to Entertainment Weekly, Hulu has announced that they have given a 10-episode series order to How I Met Your Father, the long-awaited sequel series How I Met Your Mother with Hilary Duff. Yes, that Hilary Duff casts in the lead role. The premise for the series reads. Set in the near future, the show will follow Sophie, played by Duff, telling her son the story of how she met his father in back in the year 2021 when her cl- uh, when Sophie and her close-knit group of friends were figuring out who they are, what they want out of life, and how to fall in love in the age of dating apps and limitless opportunities. If the concept and premise sounds familiar to you because sounds familiar to you because it is. Following the end of How I Met Your Mother back in 2014, spin-off talk began between um spin-off talk began with Greta Gerwig back when she was in front of the camera as opposed to behind the camera set to play the lead role however cbs rejected the original pilot and the process of retooling it uh retooling it got delayed when the show's creators um isaac aptic and elizabeth berger became co-showrunners with dan falkelman on nbc's this is us but it seems like aptex and berger's story will be told with them joining the original show's creators carter base and craig thomas on board um as executive producers with duff as a producer as well so yeah what are your thoughts on this anna First of all, Hilary Duff is amazing. She has remained amazing her entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, although I have yet to see a single episode of Younger, I am dying to get access to it. And I know that that show is ending. So it makes sense that she would be in talks of being not just in production, but also starring in this spinoff. Um, however, as cute as the original show was it went on too long mm-hmm. and i i want to say i honestly have no desire to see this show however like i said love hillary duff um might give it a chance if i have access to it but mm, there's a huge chance that i won't i just i'm not sure if anyone else is gonna be that excited yeah, I'm 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 on, I'm mixed as well. Uh, when it came to How I Met Your Mother, that last season, or at least the finale, kind of 
bleeped everything, um, fucked up everything, um, in a it kind of screwed up everything. And I just, eh, yeah. That being said, though, this is I, I was kind of surprised when I heard about this because I remember reading the script for this back in like 2014, 2015, and then it just all falling apart. And then I never knew that they were kind of bringing this back, but. I also wonder if this is kind of a consolation prize for Duff because she was supposed to be getting that Lindsay McGuire show that never came to fruition. Um, the problem from the interview that I heard about with her was that um, Disney was refusing to give her adult like con- uh, situations and consequences to her character, even though it would be a family show. Mm-hmm. It would still should have had adults content and i don't mean like hbo adult content i mean like yeah you know real life situations for someone who was supposed to have been be about to get engaged or um get a new job or something like yeah that was what she thought the show should have been mm-hmm. and what they pitched to her and then they didn't follow through and so it, the rest of the show just didn't like i feel bad because she wanted it the fans wanted it Mm -hmm. a lot of the other og cast wanted it Mm -hmm. um and you're right like this (laughs) it's unfortunate that they would throw her a bone from a script or a pilot series that didn't get picked up uh, five to six years ago yeah um i the sound of it the writers i mean if they went on to do this is us like there's a a distinct possibility that they could have completely redid the script to Mm -hmm. something a lot more i don't know just more Mm -hmm. but i guess i don't have high hopes for this yeah especially if that wasn't obvious yeah i'm I'm a bit mixed on this especially when you consider the whole um lee mcguire stuff i'm I, I hate to be a negative nancy but yeah I'm, I'm 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 not excited for this as well anyways moving on to something that i think we'll be more excited for uh while talking with variety about the future of lionsgate television lionsgate television chairman kevin bridges revealed that a series within the saw franchise is in the works as well as a series based on the 2001 Christian Bale-starred film American Psycho, with the article saying that Saw is in early talks while the American Psycho series is in development. In addition to that, Briggs also gave some details about the upcoming John Wick spinoff series, The Continental, saying... What we're exploring in the Continental is that the is young, uh, that's A. McShane's character in the movies, and how it became to be that he and his team of uh, Confederate, um, Confederate, wait, Confederates or um, confidants. Confidants. Okay, thank you. <laughs> confidants found their way into this hotel, which we have met for the first time in the movie franchise forty years later. So, what are your thoughts on all this, Anna? Um. I don't need another streaming service. Lionsgate TV just needs to stop. Like um, I'm, I think Lionsgate TV is actually a producing company. Sorry, I don't really. Mean... No, no, that's fine. I am glad to hear that because it just sounds like another TV streaming service. Oh, oh yeah, no, this is this is a production company. Thank you, I appreciate that. I didn't do my homework. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> um, that being said, I. Um, Lionsgate has a reputation for making certain kinds of films and um, affiliations and I have a hard time seeing um, the Saw franchise being picked up for TV shows mm-hmm. um, however if they can manage to make an American Psycho type TV show I think that would appeal more to a lot of the audience that has mm-hmm. that saw American Psycho like when it first came out Mm-hmm. for the first couple of years after that mm-hmm. um i just um i'm already frustrated with lionsgate for making or rebooting saw um i thought i would be excited about it because i really liked the original saw film mm-hmm. um but after seeing the trailer i just feel bad because i'm unimpressed i just honestly it looks like they t- took that first film and then just redid it sort of to a more modern film style this this is i'm I'm taking i'm taking that you're talking about spiral i'm sorry uh spiral the upcoming spiral oh no what 
Oh no, okay. The the Chris Oh yeah. Saw. Oh yeah, film. that 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 spiral. The book of the um Yeah. Okay, yeah. I I sorry, I was a bit yeah, um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I see I see where you're coming from with that. I I've really only seen bits and pieces of the first Saw movie. I'm more familiar with American Psycho than Saw, to be honest, but mm-hmm. I I don't know. I it's it's interesting. At least when it comes to those, I like I'm to be honest, I'm more excited for American Psycho than Saw. Yeah. Cause it's like I, yeah. I think the audience for that kind of TV show is is modern and now and more people would watch that. Um, just because the Saw franchise, whether you have the OG or the Spiral one that is coming out now, or um, it just it it's very dark and very um, hard to watch. So the idea of them coming out with a TV show, they're gonna have to either like mm-hmm. really sell it to a. Um, um, company that shows other shows like it mm-hmm. i don't know how to say this like like um not something like cbs or abc you know oh oh god no this, this would never get accepted like under. like hbo or um my one guess of the is, other ones i i could see this potentially being on i, I could potentially be seeing this being on like fx or yeah but yeah i guess i could see it on fx that makes sense fx or um or tnt or amc amc the quality though would have to drastically change from the from what or the content Mm -hmm. i guess would have to the quality and the content would have to be dramatically different for a tv show for saw Mm -hmm. Um, american psycho i could also see being on those networks but it would be easier in my opinion to make it into a tv show or not like make that movie into a tv show but you know what i mean like yeah into a tv show yeah i see i see where you're coming from yeah um as for the continental um this is interesting to say the least but i do i i also remember reading in this report that uh, apparently keanu is in talks to at least make it i guess like a cameo or something i don't know i could but i can easily see like Ian mcshane like giving like voiceover for this and just yeah keanu seems to be enjoying life a lot lately so the idea mm-hmm. characters that he has done before it just pleases him like he's like yeah you know what how long is this gonna take is this gonna as long as it doesn't interrupt any other scheduling conflicts, like I don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Anyways, um, moving on to our next topic, uh, an exclusive from the de- from Deadline reveals that Lucifer actress Amy Garcia and New York Times bestselling author AJ Mendez has been brought on to write a script to the 2013 Keanu Reeves became Keanu Reeves Keanu Reeves starred movie 47 Ronin for Universal and uh, 14, uh, 1440 Entertainment with the film set to be directed by actor Ron Yan um, Yan I believe his name is. Uh, for those that don't remember or didn't see it, as it only made uh, about 151 million, I guess a 700, a 171 to 225 million dollar budget, um, it, and it very, very massively underperformed. Um, the fil- original film, which was directed by the son-in-law of Ridley Scott, Carl uh, Rinchen, and written by Fast and Furious scribe Chris Morgan and Drive screenwriter Hassan Amani, tells a fictionalized account of, of the titular 47 Ronin. A, a real life group of samurai in the 18th century who set out to avenge the death of their master who was killed by merciless shogun. In a statement, Garcia said, AJ and I are excited to write a diverse and inclusive action film. Director Ron Yan's vision to blend martial arts, horror, cyberpunk, and action was inspiring. And we'd like to thank the team at 1440 for being so supportive. Mendez also Mendez added saying, as creators of color, we were honored to be a part of a modern multicultural stories with powerful female leads and Mendez. So, this is this is interesting. Uh, yes, I think I saw the movie. Um, I I can't remember right now, which means it's been a while. If I did see the movie, um, but I would, I you know, I am intrigued. I'm I'm intrigued at this as well. I just because I I remember this. I I remember this movie, but then I also don't remember this movie. It's right? like one of those, yeah, it's like one of those movies like you you've seen once and then immediately like pops out of your head. But 
don't know. I'm I'm just happy for Amy and AJ because it seems like they're really excited about this project. And also like the idea of blending martial arts, horror, and cyberpunk, which means this might be set in the freaking future for all I know. It's just interesting. And I'm curious about this, honestly. Yeah, I, I can't wait for more details to come out about that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on to our next topic. According to an exclusive from THR, on July 13th, Superman's Son of Kal-El will debut to replace the current Superman monthly title um, with it set to be written by Tom Taylor and illustrated by artist uh, John Timms. The comic series will follow Jonathan Kent, the son of Clark Kent, as he takes up the Man of Steel while Clark is out in space liberating the planet of Warworld. In addition to the Son of Kal, DC has exclusively revealed further changes and new stories coming out for the Super- Superman family with the eight-issue limited series Superman Woman of Tomorrow by Tom King. Um, by who, side note, um, he originally he actually was going to be doing a new God's movie with Ava DuVernay before that got canceled. Um, and artist uh, Billyquist Everly set to continue on July 20th with issue two, as well as Grant Morrison's Superman and the Authority, which will actually tie into the events of uh, Son of Cal with Philip uh, Kennedy. Kennedy Johnson and artist Daniel Simpkins action comments to follow a week later. So this is interesting. Seems like, um, do you follow, I'm just curious, do you follow any of the comics line? Um, no. Um, I pick up comics occasionally and honestly, the only comic books that I have gotten really excited about in the last couple of years have been the, um, Lumberjanes comics. Mm. So, um, and I don't even buy those when they come out like i'm so many issues behind on that one uh i did just read all of the watchmen and that was pretty dope but um i you know i don't really keep up with comic books too often it's not that i don't enjoy them it's just that um i'm kind of one of those people that like to start from the beginning and with comic books it's really hard to do that because they always coming up with alternate or parallel universes mm-hmm. and then it's like the new 52 and and it's like you know i just i have a hard time following everything and it it just frustrates me i get you i get you it, it can be very confusing um i've read some of this stuff i've been keeping up with some of the recent comic stuff especially with like rebirth and stuff which introduced jonathan kent and i'm very interested to see how this is going to proceed um um yeah yeah for the most part yeah that's that's kind of my thoughts for the most part um that being yeah and i'm very curious to see how it's going to tie in with the superman family and that type of stuff and yeah no for the most part i'm pretty excited about this and stuff so yeah anyways move anyways uh anyway moving on to our next topic according to the rap despite some hesitation from michael keaton last month on whether or not he will reprise his role as batman in the upcoming ezra miller led the Flash, due to COVID concerns, Co- um, Keaton's talent agency, ICM Partners, has confirmed that the actor will return as Batman in The Flash, loosely based on the 2011 DC comic crossover event Flashpoint, and set to be directed by IT director Andy Muschietti. The film sees Ezra Miller's Barry Allen travel back in time to prevent the death of his mother. This results in Allen inadvertently creating another universe, which is protected by Keaton's Batman, now 30 years older. So, it looks so, it seems like Keaton will be in The Batman. <laughs> Or not in the Batman, but in the Flash. I have so many thoughts about this, and all of them are positive, and half of them are fangirling. So (laughs) Michael Keaton was my first older man celebrity crush. He was my first um, superhero like Batman. Like he was my go-to for so many years because he was just awesome, (laughs) and I love him. And I am so excited to see him doing more and more movies lately. And mm-hmm. um, the fact that he's going to be playing old man Batman is just delightful, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I'm actually super excited to see him and Ezra Miller's um, Barry like bounce off of each other. Mm-hmm. just because he was a little bit more lighthearted as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and even as Batman. Mm-hmm. So seeing him connect with Barry, who is played by Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller? Yes. Miller? No. Yes. Um, I just know that uh, I just think the characters are going to, they're bound to be some really funny or awkward moments. And I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm so here for it. And like I said, I just love Michael Keaton. So, 
Yeah, this is kind of my main draw for me as well, um, especially with this with this version, especially with this Flash, because I'm I'm still on the fence with Ezra as as Barry, but mainly because you know Jamie um, Jamie and I are like diehard like Grant 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 Gustin fans. Yeah, I and, mean Grant has done amazing things for the TV show, mm-hmm. but I also think Ezra has done great things for the movies, mm-hmm. like. If they decided to choose somebody completely new for this movie, mm-hmm. it would be a big disappointment, in my opinion. Between yeah. the two of them, it would have had to been, it would have had to have been one of the two of them. And since they went with Ezra Miller for Barry Allen in the movies, it makes sense that they would do a Barry Allen Flash film mm-hmm. with Ezra. Yeah, I, I I get you on that. It's just yeah, no, I I've just been mixed up with this, but this kind of but him bouncing off Batman is something I'm actually really excited for as well. And I just I don't know, I just like to see Michael Keaton back as Batman because Michael Keaton's awesome. Yes, he is. Yeah. More please, like yes, oh, man, heart eyes. Yeah, yeah, I I could watch probably Michael Keaton um do anything all day. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. We got a trailer from Marvel's <laughs> Modoc. The synopsis for the show reads, uh, an egomaniac, uh, in, yeah, an supervillain struggles to maintain control of his evil organization after it is bought by a multinational tech company, all while juggling the needs of his demanding family. Modoc stars the voices of Patton Oswalt, Melissa Fer- uh, Fermio, Ben Schwartz, Amy Garcia, Nathan Fillion, Bill Hader, Wendy Mc, uh, Mc- Lendy McLeaden Covey, Sam Richardson, John Daly, John Hamm, and Whoopi Goldberg, and it's set to drop on Hulu on May 21st. Uh, Anna, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I, I just, uh, I don't know, to be honest. I have no clue. I have no thoughts. I'm sorry. I mean, the cast sounds amazing, but I just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't have an interest, I guess. Maybe. I don't. Yeah, no. I, it, 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 it honestly kind of looks funny. I, I'll, I'll watch anything with Patton Oswalt in it. Also, like as soon as they started playing um, "Semi Charm Life," I was like, do, 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 do. "Oh my god!" <laughs> watch out for copyright. Come on. <laughs> uh, we're not on YouTube, so That's we fine. don't we don't have to deal with that. We don't. Oh god, mm-hmm. I it sounds like I'm bragging. <laughs> but, yeah, no. That. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, no. I yeah, no. This this honestly, the cast kind of looks insane. Um, also, like Nathan Fillion's in it. I'll watch anything with Nathan Fillion. Also, John Hamm as Tony Stark. <laughs> like, just I'm just like, <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fan of Bill. Anything from SNL with him in it to his movies, like I, mm-hmm. that man um, is really good with facial expressions, which I recognize may not translate well into animated films, but yeah, um, he does so many great voices and impressions. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We'll we'll see with this one. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Uh, according to Variety, Soul screenwriter and co-director Kemp Powers will be joining uh, Joaquin or yeah, Joaquin Dos Santos, who worked on who's worked on Netflix's Voltron, Legendary Defender, and Avatar: The Last Airbender, and Justin K. Thompson in directing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Two, the follow-up to the Oscar-winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. In addition to Powers, Phil Lord, who are writers and executive producers on the previous film, are also joining David Callahan, who will be writing the upcoming uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings as credited screenwriters. In a joint statement, the directing team of Power, Santos, and Thomas said the crew behind the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse set a ridiculous high bar, and we're humbled to take on the challenge. Of turning the next chapter in the stories of Miles Morales. Lord Miller followed this update saying, We are so lucky to have Joaquin, Justin, and Kemp on the Spireverse team. Lord and uh, Miller said in the statement, We're, We are huge fans of Joaquin's work. He makes his character so heartfelt and unique, and he can tell an emotional story with an action sequence the way a musical does for a song. Justin is a maverick filmmaker who relentlessly pursues visual innovation and surprise, but always in support of the emotional storytelling. Kemp's work is incisive and ambitious and funny with the writer's wisdom and director's heart. He just knows what matters in every scene. All three of them elevate every project they take on and they are currently raising our game. We are honest, we honestly just like them and we want to be their friends and we're hoping working on this movie together for the next few years will totally make that happen. 
Uh, Anna, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm excited. Um, they, uh, um, well, they set the bar pretty high with the first one. Um, it was really enjoyable. It was one of the first movies that I saw twice in theaters in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, um, I just, I anticipate I'm, there's so much excitement and um, joy from that, that I can't wait to see anything like the first teaser clips behind the scenes, just anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on this. Like Kent Powers, who I'm just a big, huge fan of because he did uh, Soul and One Night in Miami. He was a writer on Soul and the writer for One Night in Miami. And I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. And then I just, I'm just happy that he's on board and like um, Lord and Miller are back and just, I, I'm kind of with Lord and Miller on this. I think Lord and Miller kind of described, we honestly just like them and we want to be their friends and we're hoping that working on this movie together for the next few years will totally make that happen. Like, I'm just, I, I'm just nerding out and just, I, I'm excited for this. I'm excited that he's involved with this, especially. And like, I, I'm just excited for Survivors too. I, I cannot wait for that and just just give me just give me just give me more of that just just give me more (laughs) yeah yep yeah anyway moving on to our last topic for the day according to deadlines disney and sony have reached a multi-year deal for their post uh pay one release window a pack that will make spider-man and other major franchises eligible to stream on disney plus for the first time a whole whole, uh, a host of platforms under the disney 10 are involved with this deal including abc fx and freeform the way that it will work is that the theatrical releases for Sony from 2022 to 2026 will move to Disney after their runs on Netflix, which earlier this month announced a deal for with Sony for a pay one exclusive, as well as co-production rights to some of their direct to streaming films. Uh, some of the franchises that are included in this deal are the Spider-Man franchise, as mentioned before, Jumanji and Hotel Transylvania. This deal also gives Disney enormous uh, programming potential across its platforms and make them key destination for a robust collection of Spider-Man films. Hulu is also set to get a significant number of library titles beginning as early as June. Financial terms were not disclosed, but a person familiar with the pack estimated that the total combined value of the Netflix and Disney deals are at more than three billion. So, yeah. Um, also, another thing to mention, especially with this news, is that this might inch us closer and closer to the mouse, aka Disney, potentially getting the rights back to Spidey. So, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on this, Anna? Um, I I'm here for. It. Let's just go all in. Yeah. Like yes. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I I think that uh, now I I'm just here for it. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Vegas. Let, let's let's just go all in. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let's just go all in. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's definitely. And I just, yeah, no. It's just at this point, uh, the mouse is like the mouse is like betting and like and like all right, let's let's start making deals with people. But yeah, no. This is this is big, especially given that um, you know the mouse already owns a lot of stuff, and now they're getting like more more stuff so it's it's interesting yeah i mean the, the fact that sony and disney have this awkward relationship right now currently that is stable uh, enough <laughs> is is like you just want them to hold on to this co-respect that they have right now because uh-huh. um, there's been so many times that sony said they're going to do something and then they're just like no we don't think this is good enough so we're we're leaving yeah. um it, but it um it definitely like between sony and disney like that's that's excellent we need more of that because they have collaborated before uh-huh. um i like that they're planning on sharing with other sites though as well uh-huh. yeah Definitely um, some much more synergy and also like more access to content and stuff. Well, anyways, let's um moving on to our recommendations for the week. Um, so we're about to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> episode six. And um we and also spoiler alert, this will include spoilers. Um, and yeah, let's, let's just do this. So uh the episode starts off with Sam on the way to the GRC headquarters with the Billy locked off. Meanwhile, Bucky meets up with Sharon. Inside a flag smasher, they're about to t- attack the committee when Sam flies in and stops him with the shield, showing off his new dope-ass costume in the process. Um, just then, Sam is attacked by Bar- uh, Batrock the Leaper with Bucky and Sharon trying to keep people in the building. 
Bucket receives a call from Carly, who tries to get him to join, only to fail almost immediately. As the members are leaving, leaving with um, as the uh, as the GRC members are leaving by truck and helicopter, Sam chases the helicopter while Bucky chases the truck. Carly is having a talk with her group where they become a bit hesitant in responding to the motto. While flying, an NYPD helicopter gets in the way, forcing Sam to fly and save the pilots. He lands um, He lands the pilots on the Brooklyn Bridge where he's given applause by the bystanders. Uh, Bucky catches up with the cars and gets into a fight with one of the flag smashers, only to become distracted when Carly lights up one of the trucks. Then, just as, uh, just as she's about to leave, Walker shows up and engages in a fight with Party City Cap. Um, Andre the Andre the Black Nerd. Uh, so that's actually reference from Andre the Black Nerd as he's been kind of recapping the episodes and he calls John Walker um, Party City Cap because he looks like Party City Cap. Anyways, um, Bucky tries to defend, uh, tries to defend them, but gets kicked down to a parking garage. Uh, back in the air, Sam recruits one of the GRC people to help him take control of the helicopter. They are able to do so on the ground. Carly fights against Walker and is about to crush him when Bucky uh, crush Bucky with the yeah. on the ground. Carly fights against Walker and is about to crush Bucky with the truck, only for Walker to save him. However, he is then ambushed by Carly and two other smashers. The truck is about to fall to the ground when Sam comes to rescue. As he is lifting the truck back to the sidewalk, by bystanders watch in amazement. After he is done, Sam, Bucky, and Walker are about to take on Carly and her goons when Batrock comes in and launches several small grenades into the lot. Um, Batrock hands Carly a gun as they leave. Sharon corners um, um, Sharon corners Carly with the reveal that Sharon is the power broker. Uh, Batrock comes into the picture and is about to shoot at Carly when Sam, uh, Sharon takes her down. However, Sharon is shot as a response. Sam tries to bring down Carly, but Carly fights him. Outside, Walker and Bucky corner the other Flag Smasher with them surrendering. Uh, Carly is about to shoot Sam, uh, Sam when Sharon shoots her first. As she dies, Carly apologizes to Sam. Sam flies down to the centers and probably gets one of the best speeches in the MCU. My god, that speech was awesome. Uh, just it really hit home and like cemented the themes of the show. As the other Splat Smashers are being transported to the raft, their truck explodes with the explosion being caused by Zemo's butler. We then see Zemo again in a, in in the raft, satisfied on a job well done, that bastard. <laughs> uh, also, we see um, Val again, Ju- uh, Julius Dreyfus's Val again, and we see Walker become U.S. agent. His combo counterpart. Bucky tells Yori the truth about his son. Sam shows Isaiah an executive dedicated to him at the Smithsonian. The episode ends with Sam and Bucky looking out to the horizon. We then get a new title card in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, and then our post, our rather well, mid-credit scene in which Sarah gets the pardon. She then calls someone up to tell them to line up their buyers, which, um, so side note for this, um, I think two things on that. One, I'm starting to think Sharon is a scroll, especially given that it's been saying in other things that she was snapped. Also, I think we're setting up for Armor Wars, which is going to involve Ironheart and War Machine trying to track down, trying to track down Tony's, um, Tony Stark's tech. And yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this series and excited to see where these characters go in the future. Um, Anna, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> um, it sounds exciting. It is admittedly one that I haven't started yet. Um, only because uh, it took me so long to finish WandaVision that I just decided to take a small break from from Disney Plus shows. Um, But I am excited. I do plan on watching the whole show. Um, It sounds amazing. It does sound like they set something up really good for a movie as well. Mm -hmm. Or another another season, depending on the route they decide yeah especially yeah especially with the recent news about Captain America 4 but yeah no I I really enjoyed the series I did have some issues with it um so I think the I was okay with the Flag Smashers but at the same time though I do think COVID kind of affected the production because there's rumors that there was originally this storyline in which um either the GRC or the Smashers themselves were going to be like trying to like introduce like a virus element and I guess this was changed when the pandemic first hit because I know this and one division had to go through some changes from the last minute rewrites and stuff. So there's that. Um, and I will admit that John Walker kind of switched because originally he was more antagonistic, um, was kind of a like really more antagonistic to the point where he kind of killed someone. Um, that was kind of a big shocker, but I was kind of with it because then I remembered, oh, wait, no, he always wanted to do the good thing. So 
I definitely feel like we're not, we're definitely going to be seeing more of that character. And I feel like the way that um, Julie Lee Streifus's Val or um, Val is being set up, I think she's kind of being set up as the Coulson to a potential Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers lineup where uh, Thunderbolts is kind of, where they're kind of both, to put it in a nutshell, it's kind of like DC Suicide Squad, but like kind of led by uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Um, that's, uh, what's that actor's name? Uh, fuck, what was that? Uh, William Hurt's character in Civil War and in the Incredible Hulk. So there's mm-hmm. that. Um, but we'll we'll see. I'm I'm very curious to see where the future of this goes. But overall, like I think Sam's story in becoming Captain America and just his story, his that whole interaction with and him learning about um, Isaiah Bradley and his whole ordeal and stuff, just really I think cemented home the themes of this and just themes about history and especially Black history and how. A lot of that has been unfortunately um, erased by, you know, just the atrocities alone. Um, I mean, there's literally a Tuskegee reference in like the, in a reference to the Tuskegee experiment in literally episode five. And I just, I, it really hit home. Okay. It really hit home. And then Sam becoming Captain America was just, was like, yes, fuck yes. And just, yeah, I'm, yeah, again, I really am curious to see where these characters are going to go in the future. And also Bucky dealing with this uh, PTSD and learning to kind of um, deal with it as well as dealing with his past as Winter Soldier, I think was impactful. I really, when he was talking to um, Yori and he told Yori the truth about his son who he, mur- um, who he murdered while you know, brainwashed as the Winter Soldier, that was heartbreaking. And just like, oh, Bucky, no. And just, yeah, overall, I'm... I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see where the future of these characters go and just whether it be in a season two or Captain America 4 or what have you. I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I, I really like the story that was being told and despite its flaws, I think it's told, I think the finale landed pretty well. So yeah. So, so solid recommendation, huh? Yes, a pretty solid recommendation. Anyways, mm-hmm. now just something that we both have definitely have seen. Time to say our thoughts on Finish her. <laughs> Anyways, would you like to take the lead on this? I will. Um, I watched it last night and I found it pretty enjoyable. Um, definitely had a feel. It didn't have the traditional feel of video game turned movie, mm-hmm. but there was still some of that like nostalgic corny video game feeling that is a hundred percent completely attached to the og mm-hmm. mortal Kombat film mm-hmm. um however with the modern day technology and what we can do as far as effects go it was a hundred percent better and more natural looking which i really enjoyed like it wasn't just, mm-hmm. oh, let's just do everything we possibly can with green screen and computer graphics. It looked like they really took the time to mm-hmm. look into the elements that were being used from the fighters and mm-hmm. the sets um, looked way more natural. And um, mm-hmm. some of the character explanations were, were it was good to hear because it wasn't just like oh this person is gonna fight this person and then they're fighting you know it was like we set something up i like that they did set it up so that there could be a sequel filmed Mm -hmm. however as a standalone this wasn't too bad yeah in my opinion yeah yeah for the most part i thought it was my overall thoughts on this is that it was fun dumb fun but still fun Mm -hmm. um in terms of performances um, Josh Lawson's Kano, um, Haruyuki Sanada and Joe Taslim's um, Sub-Zero and Scorpion, as well as Max Hunt uh, and Ludi Lin's Kung Lao and Ludi Kang, I think were the standouts for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I just enjoyed the, I just enjoyed, um, especially Lawson, like Lawson kind of almost took the show as Kano and just like, and, and just like every other line was just insanity. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy that was basically training all of the newbies um his his character really stood out despite uh, the fact that i can't remember the name uh kung lao kung lao um was it the guy with the hat was he the one with the hat yeah no yeah. it was the other one 
Oh, okay. Um, Kung Lao. I, I really oh, didn't. Oh, you mean Raven? Uh, it was not the guy with the hat. Raven? Was it yes. Raven? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Um, I really enjoyed him. Um, he looked so young, though. Like, it was like, it was almost mm-hmm. distracting because I was like, how have you been through so much and so young? Like, are yeah. you sure you're old enough to be training these people? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking. Like, um, with, like with the Christopher Lambert's performance, it's like, okay, he's old enough. He got the white hair. He also kind of looks like Gandalf, but we don't talk about that. No, um, but uh, I was I was impressed with it. I don't. I didn't go in with high expectations, and that's probably why I was impressed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because video game to movies are notorious for being awful. Yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't go into high expectations with this either. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, I. Although the opening was pretty good. Um, the story itself was. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The, yeah. I just. I'm, I. And and also concerning the rest of the performance, I thought the rest of the performances were fine. I. Because here's the thing, I didn't mind um, Lewis Tam's Cole Young. I didn't mind him. I thought he was fine. I thought it was as a generic protagonist and stuff. I thought it was fine. I also thought he was going to wind up being Scorpion, like and and a like modern version of Scorpion, which honestly would have been really interesting to see. But I was okay with that. Um, I, 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 I just, I, I kind of wish we had Johnny. I, I get why we didn't do the whole Johnny Cage, Sonia and uh Liu Kang I understand why we didn't do that I think we're kind of waiting for the sequel um to have that but um I, I get why they didn't want to do it but it's just like I don't know I would have especially given that there was like a team element to it I would have definitely liked to see that but I'm not though yeah also I thought the fights were good for the most part although they were a bit cutty um but it's no cutty than an average than like a normal action movie but yeah although I think just curious well what's your favorite fatality Oh, um, I'm a big fan of the spine being ripped out through the mouth. Mm. Um, I I don't remember which character that's for. I honestly am terrible with names when it comes to Mortal Kombat because I used to just occasionally play at Mm. the pizza parlor that had the arcade. So Mm. like the arcade game didn't have a whole big storyline. And so it was pretty much just choose your characters. And at that point, I wasn't about to learn their names. I just basically went off of what they looked like. Yeah. So I unfortunately don't know much as far as storylines go for, yeah. for, the, for the video games and the character names. Um, yeah. I, I, was I referring to like the death. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was okay. less referring to like what's your favorite death scene in the movie? Mine's what. Mine was the one uh, with the one the one chick that got like sliced with um, uh, Kung Lao's uh, hat. Oh yeah, um, you know I guess one thing I did appreciate from this film is that the the violence wasn't like gratuitous, gratuitously um, slowed down so that you saw everything. You saw everything, but it was so quick, like it wasn't too <laughs> gross. Um, honestly, I just don't really have, um, I, Kato's, I guess I thought was the most satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, spoilers, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I, I see, I, I see it. I see where you're coming from, but yeah, no, I, I I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not too attached to, well, okay. Like I know about the Nathan movie. I played the video game. I played like the arcade version of it. And I just, I don't know. It's just like two people. It's like with Street Fighter where it's like two people fighting. Mm-hmm. And I'm just. You just pick two characters and hope yeah. that it works out. Yeah. But for the most part, I I, 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 I enjoy the film. I watched this literally, no joke, uh, the morning that we're recording this with like a bowl of cereal. Like it's a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. I, um. I yeah I definitely enjoyed it I think if they do decide to make a sequel then if the sequel bombs like that'll have a really negative impact on the first film even though the first film is already out you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah I think it'll definitely like turn people off from even seeing the first one yeah I I I do hope that like characters like Johnny Kate 
Johnny Cage is are in it, and like I I have a feeling that's probably gonna be the case for the sequel. But yeah, no, I'm I imagine that some of these characters, because again, as like um uh um saying um Sinkshin said like death is only like another realm, and so I think some of these characters, like I think Kano's mm-hmm. gonna come back. I think Sub Zero and Scorpion are gonna come back. Um, but yeah, no, I would really like to see more of let's of um. I don't know. I would like to see more characters within this universe, but I don't know. This was a this was a good start. This was a good start, I think. But I yeah. I, I think similar to Godzilla versus Kong, it was dumb fun. Still fun, but dumb fun. <sighs> see, I enjoyed Godzilla versus Kong probably that much more than this one. Mm, I'm gonna um, with you on the same. And maybe it's just because I love classic monster films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I- yeah, I, I see where I see where you're coming from. I just meant like on the fun level. Yeah, they both kind of had some similar uh, feelings to that, mm-hmm. the the corny but good moments, without them being too in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I but yeah, overall, I just overall, I I had fun, I had fun with this one. But yeah, that will do it for our show today. Um, you can again, you can find us on our socials on Facebook on a conversation with two geeks on Instagram with the number two and as well as a, con- a convo a convo with two geeks on anyway you can find our socials on uh, via our socials on Facebook Twitter and Instagram as well as our anchor homepage and yeah that'll do it for us so until next time take care thanks bye for bye. having me bye bye bye